baby leaped for joy. And Elizabeth said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Verse 56. And Murray abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Join him this morning as he continues his message in the book of St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 39. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on social media or visit our website, crossroadsministries.webador.com, for our platforms, monthly devotionals, and more. This is Welcome to Faith Podcast, Crossroad Ministries, and this is Mark Hawks. Thank you so much for joining us here today. If you have your Bibles, we want to continue where I left off last podcast in the first chapter of the book of St. Luke. And not to begin reading in verse 39, but let's go to the Lord in prayer before we do. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your love and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, once again for the opportunity to teach and preach and share the Word of God. Lord, bless the reading of your Word and bless those that hear it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse 39, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. So so we find here that Mary is paying a visit to her cousin Elizabeth, who is already also with child. And she comes into the house of Zacharias, where Elizabeth is, to their home. And it came to pass, in verse 41, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 44, skip on down there, verse 44. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. In verse 46, And Mary said, My soul does magnify the Lord. The babe did what? The babe leaped in her womb, not a fetus, but a child, little John the Baptist Jr. (laughs) When Mary came into the presence of Elizabeth, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost even also, and the babe, little John the Baptist, leaped in her womb, joy. And Mary says, my soul does magnify the Lord. You know, children are a heritage, as I said earlier. They are indeed a blessing from the Lord to have a child that's born healthy and whole is indeed a blessing from the Lord God Almighty. The Bible tells us, Jesus said in the 16th chapter book of St. John verse 21, Jesus spoke about childbirth. Jesus said a woman when she is in travail has sorrow because her hour is come, her time of labor. But as soon as she is delivered of the child she remembers no more the anguish for a joy that a man is born into the world. In third epistle of John, chapter 1, verse 4. John wrote and said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You know, the Bible also tells us in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jesus said here in St. John, chapter 15, verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy, notice he says, my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. The book of Isaiah, chapter 12, verse 3, says that therefore with joy shall you draw out of the wells of salvation. You know, it has been said the most dangerous place for a baby is in the womb of the mother. But the baby leaped for joy. 
And Elizabeth said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Verse 56. And Mary abode with her about three months, and returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias, after the name of his father. Verse 60. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. Verse 61. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. So on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, but they were going to call him Zacharias. But Elizabeth said, Not so, he shall be called John. And they reminded her, and they said, You don't have any of your kin people that have that name. In verse 62, And they made signs to his father, Zacharias. Well, he would be called, because at this time, Zacharias is still unable to speak because the Lord had smitten him and taken away his ability to be able to speak. His tongue has not been loosed. He was still unable to speak, because when the angel Gabriel appeared unto him, he did not believe. He tarried in the temple, and they waited outside, and they wondered, Why did he stay so long in the temple? And he was smoked with dumbness, unable to speak. Until those things would be fulfilled, now it's being fulfilled. They take the child to circumcise him. The people say he shall be called Zacharias Jr. She said no. Elizabeth said no. His name shall be called John. And although he's unable to speak at this time, Zacharias, they give him a writing, not a writing tablet, but a writing table. Verse 63. And they wrote and asked him, what shall his name be called? And he wrote on the writing table. His name is John, and they marveled all. Verse 64, And his mouth was opened immediately. The Lord does things real fast and accurate. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, and he praised God. As soon as he wrote down, What shall his name be? Elizabeth said, His name shall be called John. They asked him. He wrote upon the table, the writing table, His name shall be called John. The name John is derived from the Hebrew which means strength and kindness and graced by God. Verse 65, And fear came on all that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. I want to ask a question. Is fear a good thing? Let's just discuss that just a minute. Is fear a good thing? Well, you know, I'm always quoting Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. That's true. But fear can be used as a good thing. It is instilled inside of us. We know not to put our hands in a fire. We know not to walk into oncoming traffic. We know not to leap from a four-story building because it'll break our bones. We have a fear instilled inside of us to stay away from certain things that can harm us physically. We have our senses of seeing, hearing, and smelling to protect us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Fear not them which kill the body, which are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms chapter 9 verse 17, the wicked shall be turned to hell and all the nations that forget God. When the Lord appeared to Zacharias in Luke chapter 1 verse 12, when the angel Gabriel appeared unto Zacharias, and when he saw the angel, Zacharias, fear fell upon him. When the angel Gabriel appeared unto Mary, she was troubled at what she saw. And the angel Gabriel said unto Mary, in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, Fear not. So the fear of the Lord 
is a good thing. To fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, I think about the writings of the Apostle Paul. We live in perilous time. We indeed do. And I do believe these are the last days. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Right into Timothy, we all know this. We quote this all the time. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, truth breakers, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 3. When I said that the most dangerous place for a, for a baby is in the mother's womb, the Bible says that in the last days that they'll have without natural affection. What does that mean? When the Apostle Paul writes that, what does he mean in 2 Timothy 3 and 3? Without natural affection, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of those that are good. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. I think we've forgotten to fear the Lord. To fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 3, verse 10. For it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. That's not good news. There is none that understandeth. They have all gone out of the way. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. No, not one. That's a good that's a good message. No, not one. Not upon this earth. There's not one. Verse 13. Their throat is an open sceptre. It's an open grave. Remind you of Washington. Tongues that speak deceit and poison. Mouth full of cursing and bitterness. Feet swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace, verse 17, the way of peace they have not known. Verse 18, there is no fear of God in their eyes. Fear is a good thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, how in the world can fear accomplish anything positive? And I'll, I'll show you how. In the fifth chapter of the book of Acts, Ananias and Sapphira are struck down dead for lying to the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in verse 11, after this had happened, and great fear fell upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Uh-oh. Well, I just want to hear positive things, good things. This is a good thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. After this had happened, great fear fell upon all the church on as many as heard these things. I'm sure that news traveled really fast. You know, a lot of people think or under the illusion that especially so-called self-proclaimed atheists that God is dead, God doesn't exist, never did exist. They shake their fist up to the heavens and they, you know, curse him. I've always wondered why atheists spend so much time fighting something that doesn't exist. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. And they think simply because that God doesn't strike them dead or do some great mighty thing like having a volcano erupt or an earthquake open up and swallow them and take them away into the earth. The Lord's not out to get atheists. He died for all because all were in sin. But be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever the man soweth, that shall he also reap. You, me, and every one of us. But my friend, God doesn't settle all his debts on your time appointed. But God does indeed settle everything. In Acts chapter 5, verse 14, And great fear fell upon all the church and all those that heard these things. And believers were the more added. And believers were more added to the what? That came church members? They were added unto the Lord. And all they that heard them laid up them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child? What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us into the house of his servant David, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us 
to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. Verse 73, and the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, and thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, to give light, verse 79, to them that sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew, the young man, the child, John the Baptist, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We'll continue and go into the second chapter of the book of Luke and the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Cox of Crossroads Ministries. Tune in again Sunday, January 2nd for a new message. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on Facebook for all the latest updates. And if you would like to partner with Crossroads Ministries and Walking by Faith, consider donating through our Anchor or Spotify platforms. If you have a prayer request, you may message us via the Facebook Messenger app and all requests are kept private. Because we walk by faith, not by sight, we hope that this message has touched your hearts and your homes this Sunday. From all of us at Walking by Faith and Crossroads Ministries, we wish you and your families a very happy and joyous new year.